It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers. Hook em up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Oh, man, what a Friday it is. It is a football Friday, Rod. Yes, sir. Tell them about it. It is a freak flag. Feel good. Fake it till you make it. Ric Flair. Woo! Football Friday edition. Hook them up with E and Rod B. And volleyball today. Oh, and volleyball. Special volleyball too. edition. Shout out to the ladies. Yeah, it didn't. I can't put it up. You know, shout out to the alliteration. Got to give it to them. Yeah, I got to give it to them, though. Got to give them props. For the, uh, the dynastic run they're on. We're on to the conversation the about uh, Longhorn Mount Rushmore of all time head coaches. Jared Elliott certainly has uh, put himself on it. Yeah. I like and, the case you, know, you made for him that he built the program from the ground up. That he didn't inherit anything really. Yeah, there was he's nothing built to inherit. The standard. No, that's Eddie like Reese, a, that's Eddie like Reese. being a self-made billionaire. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it, you respect billionaires. Respect all y'all, but not all y'all self-made. Some of y'all got you know some uh, lots of millions and turned it into billions, and that's great too. That's impressive. But a self-made billionaire? Yeah. Damn. That's, that's, a, that's a hell of an accomplishment. That's kind of what Jared Elliott's done here. He, he didn't inherit the baseball program or anything like that. He built it. He built it, man, into being elite. Well, and the, the sport itself has grown right along with it, but he's been a part of that and made Texas the standard at this mm-hmm. point. And they'll play the other standard, Nebraska, on Sunday afternoon. So good luck to the ladies. They were dominating last night. I I expect, I mean, could, you can go back to that, uh, you know, the, the, the clincher of the, to get to the Elite Eight when they beat Tennessee. Oh, my gosh, that match was unbelievable uh, with just heart-stopping, you know, edge-of-your-seat drama. Mm-hmm. This one, it's almost like Wisconsin, they broke their will. Uh, Wisconsin won the second set, uh, so it was 1-1, and then Texas just went to work. 25-13. 25-13. Yeah. And then 25-16. They figured some things out with the, the big blockers that they had because they had that lady 6-9, as we mentioned. That's and, dominance right there. Uh, her, you know, the lady Smirk, Smirk her, her father played in the NBA. Won a championship with the Lakers. It didn't matter. Uh, there was Jermaine O'Neal. How about Jermaine O'Neal? I, I heard that last night. Jermaine O'Neal, the former NBA player who lives here now. And actually, she play, Asia is his daughter. But he also is coaching his son's basketball team. So he's flying back and forth. <laughs> he's got a son that plays. Jet with. set, no? Yeah. Uh, so it's cool to see him. Uh, so, yeah, good luck to the volleyball program. And, yeah, I mean, uh, whether you like him or hate him, Elon Musk would be on. I mean, talking about inventors and guys who created uh, and bi- billionaires, self-made, mm. guys like that. You know what I'm saying? No. I thought Elon came from some money, though. Uh, I, think, I think Elon came from a little he money. Did. He yeah. did. Yeah, Elon came from a little money. So Elon would well, be yeah. the, the – so I'm talking about self – I'm talking about guys who literally they – didn't, they didn't come from any Well, in college, he started PayPal. And then well, no, but I'm just saying, like, PayPal. there was some millions in his family. His, I'm talking his about mother guys who gave him a very big loan out of – Yeah, I'm talking about, like, self-made. I'm talking about – I'm, I'm talking about Jay-Z. I'm talking about self-made. I'm talking about literally came from, like, nothing. and became a billionaire. Yeah, like, no, this, this is different between yourself, man. Like, if you've got some millions of family, that's God, God bless you, but it's easier to become a billionaire if you got access to some millions. you got access to no millions. you got to make your first million and then make the billion on top of that. That's a different level. That's a different level of respect. That's what Jared Elliott no, did. I would say for Elon, he's done it. He, yes, he had a, a little bit of a head start with cash flow, 
but he's now the richest person in the world. Oh, I know. Yeah, but, it's like he's the billionaire. He's the, he's the OG of all OGs at this point. No, I don't disagree with that at all. But like I said, different, different element and a different respect for the billionaires who truly are self-made. Correct. Like didn't, didn't, I mean, they, they didn't have any affluence around them at the time. That's, that's really hard to do, guys. Oh it's, it's hard to become a billionaire anyway, but to do it without any access to millions, to make your first million, then reinvest that over and over again to make yeah, the billion. That's right. Guys, that's right. it's tough. LeBron, I've been trying. I've LeBron been trying. James. Le- LeBron James is that, yeah. streets. Like, yeah. I, I didn't make a billion. That's a great point, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Taylor Swift is that. Taylor Swift is that. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's, that's you know, she did it with, she got tremendous talent, but still. Yeah. It's hard good. to do, man. Hey, let's uh, continue those conversations. Also, uh, we're talking about transfer portal and the Longhorns. We mentioned high school football, college football, and pro football this weekend. And it's really all weekend long. We've got great high school football today and into tomorrow. And you've got uh, three NFL games on Saturday. We'll get some, some predictions. But I was looking at the athletic.com, Rod. Has, uh, they're ranking the top 25 players in the transfer portal uh, currently. Okay. 25 prospects and uh, bigger, biggest impact players. The Longhorns are hot to trot for three of their top 15. Uh, oh, they, really? Yeah. Is it fair to say that uh, if Dude, Texas could land Trey Moore, Matthew Golden, and Andrew McCuba, that would be a pretty good get? For the Longhorns, because those mm-hmm. those three players are ranked in the top fifteen or top fourteen prospects according to theAthletic.com, and they have Makuba. It says here that uh, the Austin, Texas native is on the move. Wouldn't be a surprise if he opts to come home to join the Longhorns. Yeah, uh, that's the favorite. Trey Moore, they have ranked as the twelfth best prospect, uh, the freshman All American out of Smithson Valley. Smithson Valley will play in a state championship game this weekend up there in Arlington. Yeah, uh, but it says that he is considering Texas, Alabama, and Ohio State among others. And uh, our man Bobby Burton yesterday said that Trey Moore canceled his visit to, to Columbus. That's big, man. Or he went and – I think maybe, maybe he went when it was cold. <laughs> it's like, I don't want uh, to that's true, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. It's like, yeah, I don't need to be here long. I'm good. I won't be here. I can tell you right now. You step off there playing and go, yeah, I'm not coming here. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I can tell you, no matter what y'all's pitch is, I probably won't be coming here. <laughs> uh, but they also have Matthew Golden – yeah. Um, where do they have Matthew? And Matthew Golden is from H-Town, is he not? Isn't he yeah, from Klein one of the Klein, Klein schools Kane, or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Blue. Yeah, he's from H-Town. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think they need all of them. Which one do you think, if you had to have one, you could only have one, it's a priority thing, hypothetical here, thought experiment. Uh, Which one do they need the most? Makuba. I think then followed right. by Golden and then Trey Moore. Um, but, look, I mean, Trey Moore is a productive pass rusher with just pass rush skills. I mean, he really is. Uh, I, I, I did our Eyes on Texas multicast this week, if you go find that on, Insta, on uh, YouTube uh, or at the website there, um, you know, Mike Craven, he's a UTSA grad. He's my coach, so he's watched every game Trey Moore's played. He's, mm-hmm. an, he's really a good player. Yeah. Uh, really a good player. He just was over. He would have been at a bigger school if not for COVID. He's one of those, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Because had that season, then just either didn't yeah. get recruited yep. or didn't get enough attention. And one thing I like about this game, though, he is – you know, I've been on this bandwagon for a while. I've been saying this for a while. There are certain things that you cannot coach or teach, and you need to recruit those, those traits that you can't coach or teach because when they get on campus, if you trust your development, you can coach and teach all the other stuff, right? And, and so certain things, I think pass rushing ability – it's something that's really hard to coach and teach. You can get better at it. You can get you can improve your technique, improve your hand placement, all that kind of stuff, and you know improve your pad level. But natural pass rushers are just natural pass rushers. They come in being really good, right? Sark said Anthony Hill's one their, one of their top two best pass rushers already. He came in as one of your best pass rushers because yeah, it's innate. And tomorrow at three o'clock, you watch Colin Simmons at Duncan. Colin though. Simmons is naturally a good pass rusher, right? But yeah, twenty four sacks as a junior. Thank you. Right? You don't teach that, guys. Nobody teaching them that. Uh, 
same thing with, you know, I think coverage is like that. I think, you, I think coverage is natural. I think it is an innate thing. I think it's programmed early on into a football player. And you can be a good football player. Hell, uh, Jamal Adams is, one of the, is a really good football player, but he's not a coverage specialist, no. right? There are a lot of good pl- players in the secondary. Texas has a couple, right? I think, you know, Jaron Thompson, I think Keaton Crawford, I think Taff are good football players. They're not coverage specialists. And because that's not – it wasn't innate in them. They have other skills uh, that are you know, other traits that are elite in their skill set. I think you gotta you gotta recruit coverage and you gotta recruit pass rushing ability. You teach you know uh, open field tackling and taking on blocks with the sure. right shoulder and leverage. You can teach all this stuff in the classroom. You can't teach coverage. You can't teach or pass rushing or pass rushing. You can't teach that man. It can get better. Yeah. And, and when you have guys, and that's what you love about the production of Trey Moore and you know Colin Simmons who are coming in here. Colton Vosick was a really good passer. I mean, of course, his father. Colton Va- yeah, some guys they got it. They get and it that's natural. why when you're looking, Ethan at Texas, Burkle's naturally this year. You know, a guy that got to the pass rush a little bit. So. And that's why when you're looking, and, and you know, Keith, Ethan Burke looks like kind of a natural, but he's having to learn. He's been playing lacrosse his whole life, right? Yeah. And so now he's kind of learning, but he does look like he's got some pretty good natural pass rush I think ability he does. to him. Yeah. And that's what look you can see where Texas is going. You're breaking down that how they're. Re- rebuilding their secondary around coverage because they want to be able to, to lock down coverage-wise to, to, to create chaos, right? You want to get home with the pass rush. Yep. Uh, you want to be able to get there, and that's where Colin Simmons you – know, Colin Simmons, people in Dallas who have covered high school football for a long time, they rate him as a better pass rusher than Miles Garrett or Vaughn Miller coming out of the Metro Man, You got one of them. Yeah. That's next level. I mean, that's, that's crazy. crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, that's like, wow. And Miles Garrett, Metroplex, Vaughn Miller from DeSoto. I mean, those guys are South Dallas guys. And this guy is seen as better than them. Uh, and it's like, yo. And, and we know what Anthony Hill already is mm-hmm. uh, coming in out of uh, Denton. But Trey Moore, 12. Matthew Golden, they have ranked at uh, – they have Makuba, 14. They have Trey Moore, 12, and they have Matthew Golden, 11. So 11, 12, and 14, essentially Texas targets right now. Man, if you get all three of those guys, yeah, that'd be fantastic. Uh, and, really uh, would be. and then you look at uh, – they have – by the way, they have Malik Murphy. From, the number one player on the list is Walter Nolan, and I said that when, the, when you – you don't get freak defensive tackles mm. on the, in the opportunities at those guys very often. No. He's – you know, he didn't work, the culture, whatever the problem was at A&M, but he was a five-star kid out of Tennessee – uh, he, said he, he has Oregon, Ole Miss, and many other college football playoff contenders competing for the chance to sign him, it says here. Uh, but uh, Walter Nolan, number one. Cam Ward, the Washington State quarterback, who's from East Texas originally, People by him. way of, yeah. uh, of um, uh, Incarnate Word, uh, says here that this recruitment seems to be turning into a fierce Miami-Florida State battle. Oh, really? Okay. That? So, Florida. He's going to end up in Florida, it looks like. Yeah, that's the, the insider's now saying it looks like he's going to be somewhere in Florida. Hmm. Third on their list is uh, Trevor Etienne, uh, Travis Etienne's brother, who was at Florida. Uh, Georgia reportedly the spot for him okay. with Kirby Smart. Keep an eye on that. Malik Murphy ranked fourth on the list. They don't really hey. have him. Come on. That's, pretty, that's, that's, that's really high. That's the second quarterback. So, which means he may not be on the board for long. Nah, uh, right? And, hmm. you know, when you look at uh, – you know, because Dylan Gabriel's already chosen – um, Riley Leonard's already made a pick of where he's going, so we already know some of these guys have already, you know, found their spot. Uh, but Malik Murphy ranked fourth and um, says Good raw potential him. and three years of eligibility remaining makes him extremely intriguing. He's going to be a starter for someone next year. Number five on the list is Dante Moore, the quarterback from UCLA, who was a five-star kid out of Detroit. There's a lot of talk that Ohio State and Michigan are all in on him and Oregon coming hard, too, from the West Coast. So keep an eye on Dante Moore. They already got a guy, don't they? Uh, another Oregon? Texas target at number six, Juice Wells. Juice Wells, wide receiver. Yeah, the uh, buzz about Juice Wells has died down a little bit. He's um, sixth on their list. There's a lot of buzz. But the 6'1", 208-pound grad transfer can play two more seasons, uh, but should be headed to the NFL after one more big year. 
Uh, we'll see where Juice is. He's a good player. I, you he, know what? I was texting he, with our guy, uh, D, not to drop names, but Diamante Tucker Dorsey yesterday. Yeah, uh, checking in on him, and he said he was uh, he was talking to Juice. I said, well, get the Juices loose. They're good buddies from yeah. their days at John James Madison University together. Yeah, he's a really good player. Great with the contested catches. I think he works in any system, probably in Sark's system. He'd be an outside four. receiver. How about if Texas were to land those four players? <laughs> Two, two receivers, I mean, that might be too much to ask, but the pass rusher from UTSA and Makuba. And all of those are, I would say, they're all needs except for, I mean, you don't need Trey Moore, but I mean, you can never have too many pass no. rushers. That guy had 14 sacks and was 17 and a half tackles for loss. He'd be the best pass rusher on your team, team as soon as he walks in, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I know Colin Simmons naturally would, has more upside, but in terms of having pass rushing moves. Proving it on the field. Proving it on the field. Yeah. He would, he, he'd walk in as your best pass rusher. So you'd have guy, you'd have Matthew Golden walk in, best kickoff returner on the team, arguably better than Keenan Robinson. Trey Moore would walk in, best pass rusher on the team, better than any pass rusher you have last year, or, I mean this year, or uh, on the team for next year. And, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> – that's pretty. That would be really impressive. That would be. Uh, and uh, according and, to this, and you get Juice Wells, he would just be a freak among freaks. And according to this athletic.com ranking, you'd have four of the top fourteen players in the portal at need positions. Now yeah, we'll see. Now yeah. again, that that's you know, we know, you're we're hearing Makuba. It sounds like he's a Texas to beat, and he, uh, Matthew Golden is going to be have a lot of demand. But but Texas, his offense, his skill set fits what what Texas needs, and he'd fit in pretty nicely as you mentioned. And then obviously Trey Moore from right down the road at Smithson Valley. Keep an eye on all of those names. Uh, Juice Wells maybe the the biggest long shot since he's from you know. Yeah, Virginia it, and by way of South it, Carolina. It just seems like there's more buzz. The buzz is growing about Trey Moore, uh, Matthew Golden, Makuba. It's like we're hearing more and more buzz about those guys leaning Texas well, because, and less and less buzz about well, Juice Wells, well, period. Cause, well, because Moore's already made a visit. He was here last yeah. weekend, and then – Golden and McCuber are supposed to be here today, and what we haven't heard of a Juice Wells visit yet. Exactly. So, so it just seems like, eh, I, I can be with you. It seems like that may be the long shot of the group. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. There's uh, the top 25, the, by the way, also on the list. Princely Uman Mielin from Florida is on the list at number eight. Oh, yeah. They say uh, Ole Miss, apparently, the, the leader there. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that transfer portal. The portal combat continues. But right now, let's get the number two rant, Roz rant of the day, number two. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, let's talk about – actually, we were talking earlier about the Chargers and Brandon Staley and what's taking the Chargers so long uh, to make up their mind about Brandon Staley. It's pretty clear that Brandon Staley's not the guy for the Chargers. And, you know, you've heard me on this show talk about windows, the NFL, the way they structure the league, the salary cap, and uh, with the CBA. Essentially, they want the teams to operate in windows. Uh, and you have championship windows. And usually I point to the five-year window. You've heard me talking about the five-year window multiple times. And there are multiple five-year windows. Today we're going to talk about the five-year window for the head coach. The, the, the initial five-year window I discuss all the time is that no head coach and quarterback have won their first Super Bowl together all right, outside of that five-year window. All right, so every every quarterback, head coach in the NFL has won a Super Bowl together. They usually win it within that first five years, and we haven't had a team win it outside of that five-year window. 
And that's the first five-year window. So, you know, that's kind of how you operate in. For head coaches, though, they're similar, it's a similar window. 35 Super Bowl uh, winning coaches, uh, winning head coaches in the NFL, um, and 30 of them, 30 of the 35 Super Bowl winning coaches in NFL history have won it within their first five years. The only exceptions to that five-year rule, all right, are Chuck Noll. He needed six seasons to win a Super Bowl. Then he won four of six. Andy Reid, and we know Andy Reid, his seventh season in Kansas City, um, but, but it was also like his second season with Patrick Mahomes, so that's a little different. All right? he, they, they at least shook things up with Patrick Mahomes and changed things up and then kind of found the sweet spot. John Madden, the great John Madden, he came close, but they kept losing to Chuck Noll all those years because Chuck Noll established a dynasty with the Steelers. Uh, then he got his, uh, his ring in year eight. Uh, Tom Landry, the great Tom Landry, uh, it took 12 years, but the Super Bowl also didn't exist for the first half of that run, and Landry took over an expansion franchise and then later obviously turned that into a dynasty. And then Bill Cowher, the Steelers, uh, he was in the Super Bowl in, the four, in his fourth season in 1995, but he did not get uh, that one um, for the Steelers until 2005 when he won his first Super Bowl, and that was like his 14th season as head coach. So first of all, you got to take the Steelers out of the equation uh, with those five exceptions to the five-year rule for head, for head coaches because they've only had like three coaches in the last 50 years. They operate differently, period, and they hire really well too. So they're just got they're the outlier. You just take them out. That's that's three of that's two of your five right there: Chuck Noll and Bill Cowher. And then you, you take out the pre-salary cap. Uh, exceptions and examples because pre-salary cap is a very different NFL, almost two different sports basically than the post-salary cap NFL. So that would take out John Madden and Tom Landry. So really the only post-modern salary cap example of a head coach winning a Super Bowl after that five-year window is Andy Reid and the Chiefs. And even they brought in Patrick Mahomes, who had the greatest start to an NFL career in the history of the NFL. So, point is, that five-year window is it's it, it's pretty start it's pretty uh, you know it's pretty tight, and it's really tough for coaches based on the way the league's constructed for ultimate parity. Really tough for coaches to be able to have a lot of success after that. That's why the regression for the Bills right now, they're outside of that five year window. The the the, the Ravens right now are tearing right there on that five year window. And if you go look at since nineteen ninety, which is right when I mean ninety three is when you get to salary cap. So right when the NFL starts to try to make it a more parity driven league. You 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 can even shorten that window, or you can look at the evaluation of that five year period. You can look at it from anywhere from three to five years, because the average NFL head coach uh, is at any uh, team. I think their tenure is around three and a half years on average. So three and a half to four years is the average time span, the average tenure for uh, a head coach in the NFL with one team. So you kind of start at the three year mark. If your coach hasn't shown you anything by three years, which Brandon Staley has not. <laughs> After three years, you could, in theory, make a, a really well-informed decision right there at three years. If they haven't won the division or if they haven't made a deep playoff run by year three, the odds would tell you you should move on right then and there if your coach hasn't shown you some signs of promise. And I got the numbers to back it up. Since 1990, there have been 24 Super Bowl winning coaches. 22 of them won their division or went to a conference title game in the first three years. So 22 out of 24 coaches who have won the Super Bowl since 1990, 
went to a division, was it won their division or went to a conference title game in the first three years. The only two that didn't, and this is surprising but makes a lot of sense, Jimmy Johnson and Bill Parcells. Let that sink in. Let yeah. that sink in. It was Jimmy Johnson because he's rebuilding, right? So Jimmy took a little while. But he, Jimmy did win 11 games in his, his third year. So Jimmy showed you, even though I'm rebuilding, I'm still finding ways to win. And Bill Parcells, hell, Bill Parcells went 10-6, and six, um, I believe. He went 10-6 and six and won his first, uh, like, I think, went to a wild card playoff game in his second and third year. So Bill Parcells also showed you enough promise to go, well, they, ain't, they haven't won a championship. They're not a, a championship contender just yet, but that guy can coach. He can coach. And if you don't see that, no, no, that sign, that, that type of achievement in the first three years, honestly, move on. It is probably within your best interest to move on from either probably the head coach at that time. Because I can't, like I said, I'm looking at every Super Bowl winning coach since 1990, and every last one of them in the first three years shows you they can coach, either by winning that division, making a deep playoff run, winning double-digit games, or going you know, to a conference title game. Like I said, the only two that didn't do it was Jimmy Johnson and Bill Parcells. And we all knew they could coach by year two. Yeah, on Jimmy Everybody knew. The pedigree from college. Yeah. Uh, you know, the interesting name on there so is – So, Brandon Saley, my point is, what's taking so long? See, right. No, you're right about <laughs> it that. Don't take long. Uh, and you know what? You know, the name you mentioned that, that's real intriguing there is Andy Reid. Because remember Andy Reid when it wore out in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb? Mm-hmm. And they got to the NFC Championship game yep. and the Super Bowl one time, but they never won it. I mean, there's still a lot of Philadelphia fans who are mad that they got rid of Andy Reid. Like, you, you fired one of the best coaches in the, in the league history. Yeah. But it was just stale. It, it just, was stale. It, it and they a, won a Super Bowl win with Doug Peterson in what year? Yeah. Year three year with three. Doug Peterson? Yeah. That's the whole point. It's like, it's a window thing, guys. Even a great Andy Reid, even he is not immune to that window. Because it gets, gets, it's, it's happening to Sean McDermott yeah. right now. We know that. And, uh, and it doesn't mean you're a bad coach, by the way. No, it doesn't. It's just the you, did, you didn't find the right mix in the window, man. Or it didn't fall your way, like yeah. Sean McDermott when they couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes for 17 stinking exactly. seconds. <laughs> With yeah. no timeouts. And and that, that was their year. That was the year they should have did. That was their year. And that's the, that's the question for the Cowboys. It's, the Cowboys, is this your year? Because you're not going to get multiple opportunities at it in that five-year window. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs did. If you're exceptional and elite, you will. But most teams will get one or two shots in that five-year window if you're good. That's right. And, and now Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are made, and now they'll stick together for as long as either wants to keep going, right? Exactly and it'll be like right. Belichick and Brady. All right, we'll come back. When we do, that's good stuff right there. The NFL starts started last night. One team showed up. One team didn't. Uh, we'll uh, talk about that coming up. The Raiders, what a ridiculous game that was. Uh, also, some who said that for the end of the who hour, Rod. That? The NFL weekend uh, kicks off with Saturday games, NFL high school, college, and pro. We got it all. Talk about with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hey, congratulations to uh, Sean Stellato. Sean Stellato. Tony DeVito, Tommy DeVito's agent, Rod. Tommy DeVito, his big week continues. He's being inducted into the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. Why? I don't know. Ask the hall. I don't know. 
Because they saw him on it. TV as <laughs> Tommy DeVito's Asian. Like, what? What has he accomplished? Though I'm asking. I'm, I'm not asking. I'm, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm asking. Like, uh, why? That's what I'm wondering. Uh, do they just do they, do they want just publicity? They just need yeah, the I think so. Clicks and headlines. It sound, that, that, that sounds like something they'd put like Rocky into, like a fictional character. You're like, we're that, you know. Like, <laughs> well, let's. You're uh, right. I'm like written into the plot. <laughs> yeah. goes into the Italian sports hall of fame or something. That's great. I'm trying to Love look it. at some names who are already in this. Um, gosh. Mario Andretti and the Andretti race family. All course, right, in there you there. go. Gino Ariema. Honestly, Rocky might be in there anyway. <laughs> I mean, look, I would go down to the S's here. They might have put him down there. Who oh. knows? The Italian Stallion. They might just put him in there. The uh, Italian Stallion. I don't see. Don't is see. Uh, Come uh, on. Sylvester Stallone. They should have did that anyway. Why isn't he in there? Why isn't he in there? Is a... John Smoltz is. Come on. John, John Smoltz, Smoltz is Italian. Italian. That's what it says here. Oh uh, yeah, man, that's a that's a big list, a long list, a lot okay. of people in there. And now our man Sean Stiletto. T- should Tommy DeVito be in there? He, One he day he'll it? be in there. One day he'll be in there. He set some records. Maybe they should just take like some of his memorabilia from the record-setting performance. Yeah, <laughs> pretty like funny. Wow. Oh man, there's a uh, there's Rick having, Pitino. That guy's having a hell of a week. The Tommy DeVito's agent, man. He's having a week. Dan Pastorini, one of my favorite players growing hey, up. Hey, there you go. Dan Pastorini. He's in there. Yeah, Mary Lou Retton. But Mary Lou Retton is in there. Shout out. Shout out. Lifetime Longhorn. What up? Uh, all right. Yeah, so you can go check that out. But congratulations to uh, Sean. Hey, and thanks to those who yeah. let us know on the text line because we're talking about um, Texas coaches on the uh, the coaches, the Mount Rushmore of Uh-oh. Texas head coaches. What did we miss? Well, to give credit where credit is due, Mick Haley, and I remember this now, Mick Haley actually really built the Texas volleyball program, won a okay. national championship in 1996. Oh, okay. So Mick Haley deserves some credit. I think he coached a, like a national team, too. Oh, well, I take that, not self-made billionaire. Yeah, either. so Jared Elliott got took a, over a pretty good he, program. He got, a modest, he got a modest loan yeah, from his parents. Yeah, he, he, did, <laughs> he did. made the most of it. Mick Haley, <laughs> the man. There you uh, go. See, there you go. We're learning about the, the history of some of these Texas sports. We're trying to figure out who should be on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, man. Didn't know that. Forget about but it. But Jerry Ellis is taking it to another level, though. Well, you know, sure. you, we it's know that, that whole Tommy DeVito thing, uh, the now reigning NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Way to go, Tommy. You know when he walks around like this with his fingers up and people are like, that's actually his sign. Like, forget about it. Hey, oh, yeah. Hey, like, the, uh, it, hey. hey, like the very Italian thing. The very Italian hand hey. sign. I know. And now they got the whole stadium does it. Hey. Like when Tommy DeVito makes yeah. a play like everybody does it. I, it's great. That's why the NFL, they don't, they don't have to try it all for storylines. I mean – you can't make that up. That dude in the in right. the stands in in a, in New York City with an agent that how'd that dude get on the sidelines? Does anybody <laughs> get on the sidelines? Is that how that works? I don't know. Well, he is he is the agent, right? He's the agent. So the agent. Yes, our agent's allowed yeah. on the sidelines. I think you can get your agent on well, the sidelines. I mean, this came one week after Dom DeSandro from the Philadelphia Eagles, the the Bruiser, throwing throwing punches at. Uh, oh, know, yeah. Dre Greenlaw. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Oh yeah, he's the, the security guy for the Eagles. Right? Was that him? The security dude? Well, it turns out if you do some digging on Dom DeSandro, this dude's been with that organization for 25 years. Yeah, he's yeah been alone in all of them coaches. Yeah. He's been back to Andy Reid. And he actually, you know, he did the background check that, that led to Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia. He led the, he did the background check. He was the investigator on that. Oh, so he does all their draft background he's checks. He's kind of the liaison between the, for the, draft the general manager and the coach. Okay. They, and, took, and, they put him on special assignments then. Yes. He gets these special assignments, special yes. projects. And he's been for every coach. I mean, back uh-huh. to Andy Reid. So he knows where the bodies are buried. That's why you keep a guy around that long. You got to keep him around forever because he knows where all the dirt and bodies are buried. And if you ever decide to part ways with him, he needs to either be retiring happily or he needs to have a gold, hell of a golden parachute to make sure he shuts the up. 
<laughs> I'm already my, my brain's already working with you and my friend Monty Williams. We should do like a TV show about Dom DeSandro. It'd be like the oh. it'd be like Ray Donovan, but for football. Honestly, e, you own something. That's that'd brilliant. be a good show. That would be a great show because that's exactly what he is to them. That's exactly what he Senior is. Senior advisor to the general manager, chief security officer. Yeah. Yep. What's your job? Oh, I do a lot of things. You do a lot of things. Oh, he's a fixer. Right? He's, a, he's a, a fixer. fixer. He's a fixer, too. Well, when you were things. in Texas, Clee Bryant was there, too. Oh, trust me. He was that. <laughs> it was mass consigliere. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, and he talked about somebody who knew where the bodies were buried. Oh. Trust me, when somebody went to jail, they didn't call Mac. Mac didn't get that call. Nope. Cleve got the call, and then Cleve would basically decide, do I need to wake Mac up for this, or do I need to wait till the morning? And yeah. I can say, hey, Mac, we got a problem in the morning. Or do I need to call the coach at 3, 4 in the morning and say, coach, that's right. you need to wake up because well, if you ever, statesmen might have this one when you wake up. On Showtime, if you watch Ray Donovan, <laughs> that's what, that's that's what, what he does, right? Oh, every, pro- every program's got – Someone like that. I mean, and the Eagles, we now know who the Eagles guy is because he got front mm-hmm. and center. Wouldn't that be a cool show to write and like, yeah. to like bring the NFL together with that kind of yeah, salacious we, stuff? You, off we, we know this is the case because we saw it with the Texans. They had it when the Deshaun Watson thing went down. Remember, they had a security liaison who was helping them set up stuff for Deshaun Watson. I mean, he was a former intelligence guy. Wasn't he working like the FBI or something? I got to go look. The, maybe it was, some, it was like a government organization he used to work for. I love it. And he, he basically was working. And, but all the teams have these guys, especially to help them do research on draft picks. That's exactly right. And, and vet them. So they'll go talk to all the people in your hometown, and they want to find the dirt well, on you the, and the before they about, invest in you. And the thing about DeSandro that's come forward is, is that he's, uh, he's kind of a, a mentor to the players. Like, like a lot of the young players, they, mm-hmm. they don't want to talk to a coach. They want to talk to somebody about stuff that's yeah, going on in their life. In, in the city, too. Like, I need an apartment here. Or that's, I bet well, he's the guy I got a problem with this too. dude. Yeah. Or I got uh, my girl. Yep. They talk to Dom. Yep, I got some tickets, man, going on. Well, yeah, because yeah, yeah. yep. you, you don't want that going to the coach, yep. right? Yeah, exactly. You don't bother the coach with and that. He doesn't burn to. the bridge, right? He won't burn the bridge. He'll protect you with the coaches, and he'll protect you with the GM. Uh, that would be an I would love to – Every you know every organization has one, Everybody. every good organization. You have to one. now at this point. You have to at this point yeah, because you just have too many of these situations that pop up, yes. and you don't want to be uninformed. And you know there are members of the media who are going to have more information than you you do, and you don't want the story to get out there and get you want to be ahead of it. So you need people like this on on your staff. Yeah, it was a secret, a former Secret Service agent. Remember that was working with the Texans, Brent Nakara. A former Secret Service agent and the Texans director of security. <laughs> yeah. So all you want is a former intelligence man or a former kind of you know government you know man, G man, like former stallion. Yeah, former G. <laughs> every every organization might have a former G man working on their staff somewhere, right? Yeah, have to. Yeah, because they can handle the dirt for you. They know how they know crisis control, crisis management, that kind of stuff. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline the owner and the GM weren't real happy to see him on Ooh. the sidelines making himself known. E, don't talk about this idea anymore. You need to take this to a screenwriter, <laughs> brother. I'm telling you, it's money. It's a great idea. The NFL of, might not like it. 
<laughs> you go shine a bad light on the league, but it's a great idea. Oh man, it would be a good show if, if done properly. It would be a very if you cast it right. Oh, gotta get that on HBO or Showtime too, because we got some, some seedy stuff. But, but, but look, no, the NFL. Everybody loves the NFL, so you're taking people kind of behind the curtain of the NFL, mm-hmm. but you're bringing real life stories to it, right? It's not just how do you make an NFL show interesting. That's how you do it. This, yeah, exactly. You start with the dirt. You start with the shady <laughs> stuff. And then we'll get to all the, the stuff you always know about, about the NFL that you love about it. But there's a lot of dirt happening behind the scenes that, honestly, if this guy does his job, the director of security for every team, you never hear about it. You never hear about it. <laughs> you never hear about any of it. No, exactly. Right? We didn't know about Deshaun Watson stuff happening. Mm-mm. It was happening the whole time he was there. Nope. We didn't know. Nope. Well, and think but about they the, knew they uh, had they had a room with them at the what the the Houstonian. The Houstonian. They got them a room and everything. The club right downtown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they knew something was going on. Yeah. <laughs> the cleaner had to clean it up. Clean it, uh, baby. It didn't get cleaned up. It well, did not. Got out of control. Well, think, well, think. I mean, because there's so many things that happen in the NFL that we like. Oh, oh, look! Our well, who would believe this plot line? Oh, our tight our tight ends dating a worldwide pop superstar. Exactly. Or our, t- <laughs> or our tight ends a serial killer. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, oh what is. This is what I'm saying. Like all these things pop up in the NFL. You're like, hey, man, we need you to go look, uh, investigate this right away. Get us the details. Turns out Aaron Hernandez can't might do that. be. <laughs> well, yeah, it turns out our tight end there, Dom, might be Frank Lucas. Can <laughs> we? Can might, we go? We think he might be a serial killer or a murderer. Can you go get some details yeah, on that, we, please? You know, <laughs> running a gang organization. Can we, can we check into that? <laughs> Uh, turns out, yeah, and what did the investigator come back? He's like, actually, it's true, guys. It's yeah. actually, he is a serial yeah. killer. And a, he's yeah. like, what? Yeah, he is. it's true. Yeah. Because that's the thing. There's nothing, there would be no storyline that would be no. too far-fetched. No, there's no, I told you, because you're right, those NFL storylines you think are too crazy, like none of those are crazy. You can have an Antonio Brown figure, right, doing crazy stuff like that. You, you have a lot. Of, you can basically do what Law & Order does when they snatch stories from the headlines. Yes. You can snatch stories from the NFL, and people would know exactly who you were talking about. They would know exactly, like, oh, that must be Aaron Hernandez storyline. Oh, I, I oh that's Antonio episode. Brown storyline. We do a whole episode on Terrell Owens yeah. and Andy Reid. Yeah. You can do all kind of stuff. Oh, the possibilities are endless. endless. It would be good. It would be really good. Take it back to the White House days with your Cowboys. Yeah. Oh man! You can, see, you, you can go funny or you can go dark. Dark, yeah. Oh, you, I know. You can go. Oh, you can go. Dark, Ray Rice in an elevator. Dark dramedy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can go dark or you can go comedic oh, with it. Yeah. Uh, you know. Oh man, that's I like it. We got, hey, we I hope you write some of that, man. Yeah, help me. I, You're I, good I at that hope stuff. you write some of that. That's you know, good stuff. Get Monty, we'll put this thing out. Yeah. Uh, we got to find a name. We'll call it Dom. Dom. It the, doesn't, yeah, that's a good was, one. Uh, Ray Donovan. The key is going to be casting. The key is going to be who, has to who be plays good. that lead is going to be the key. Oh, it's got to be somebody that's very, like, just, I don't know. I would say leave Schreiber, but uh, he's already done Ray Donovan. He'd be perfect. And he was perfect for it. Yeah, you got to find somebody that's perfect for that role. That's good. Because we saw Lee Schreiber on uh, this year. That's inside the NFL, too. At Jets camp. I mean, he does right? the he's inside a voice the boys. Guy. Yeah, he's a voice I remember, guy. Remember when he flew it on the helicopter at Hard Knocks? Yeah. <laughs> Just to meet Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, because he, yeah, <laughs> as a fanboy. Yeah. Uh, you're right about that. I used to love Ray Dunn. Ray Dunn was great. Like, the first three seasons, it, it lost was unbelievable. Mojo. Yeah, the first three were good. I think, and did you ever watch the movie they made later on for it? Yeah. It wasn't great either. I don't know. It just was anti-climactic no, and dissatisfying. Well, because at the beginning, you had the, it was unknown, but you had Lee Shriver. Uh, you had uh, – who was his dad? Gosh, the great actor. Um, oh, uh, you're right. I can't remember his name either, but you're right. Yeah. Who yeah. plays Mickey? You're Mickey, yeah. plays Mickey. Oh, he's great. The brothers. <laughs> I mean, it was well cast. But, yeah, yeah you, I mean, typically those shows lose the, the steam. It's kind of like the Sopranos movie. Did you ever watch the Sopranos movie? Man, I don't – see, Sopranos one of those shows. I'm not sure it lost a lot of steam for me. I gotta go back and watch it, but I thought it was good, damn near the whole way through. Me too. 
I thought it was good. Some I actually, like Breaking Bad was kind of like this. Some I, shows though, they, they never lose their luster. Really, you ever watch Breaking Bad? Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Breaking Bad was. Uh, but I, I would say this for the, the, the Sopranos movie that they made wasn't. The oh bad. no, yeah, yeah. But you know what? If you're gonna start watching Sopranos, you have, you should watch it because it it is a good lead in to the show, right? It does teach you it does where, a Tony, where Tony came from. Yeah, that's true. Uh, how he grew John up. John Voight. John Voight. John Voight. But, but if you watch the, if you're going to get into the Sopranos and you haven't, watch the movie first and you'll kind of learn who some of the characters they talk about. Yeah, so was much it are. Saints of Newark or something yeah, like that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Many Saints of Newark. Many Saints of Newark. And yeah. you kind of learn who the uncles Actually, are. I think how, you're, yeah, you are right about that. Because it gives you more insight into Uncle Junior. Uh, yeah, kind of how that his mom. The mom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, but you, you start the show with more, I mean, maybe you don't want that, but you start the show with, okay, this makes a little bit more sense why his mom's so crazy. Yeah. Uncle no, Junior. you're right about that. Because I watched Sopranos, I was watched, watched it all the way through last time actually last time i was unemployed i watched it all the way through my wife was upset i was like i'm watching sopranos i got nothing going on and i watched the whole thing all the way through and it was just as good it was really oh, it, just it, as good it was better show. i think well, that and breaking bad uh people would say the wire but the wall wire is fantastic i actually bought the wire for my wife to watch i bought the actual box dvd six i want to have it she still hasn't watched it one day when well, i had a kid so never but <laughs> uh but we could do it in 15 minute increments i guess uh but yeah that's one of the shows i wanted her to watch i was like it's because that was a groundbreaking show remember they actually made it with uh cops and like different like dea people as consultants on the oh, show 100 it was so very real it was very real well that's what i would want for my uh yeah NFL you should do that too. you got to get nfl guys on as consultants oh hell yeah behind the scenes one of these directors of security Connor stallions <laughs> You got to go NFL, though. You can't go college. Is there any doubt if we, were, if we were to do this, we'd have a character named Connor Stallions in the show? You, you could definitely have a Connor Stallions character. have to be. No doubt. Yeah. All right, we'll have come back. Uh, we'll take your thoughts on that. Who should be the lead in that, uh, Ooh, that new TV show we're going to come up with uh, in a golden era of, of, uh, of streaming services? We'll also get some Who Said That coming up, Rob Who Vavers. said that? We'll uh, play some great audio from the sports landscape and beyond, and we'll try to figure out who it is. It's Hook Em Up with Ian Rodby. Ooh, and this saying that. All right, time for some Who Said That. We'll pick up the uh, Texas football conversation, the uh, bowl game starting tomorrow, the NFL in full swing. But, Ron, let's get some Who Said That. Who going. Said That. Um, all right, Ty, I sent you a few clips. Uh, just make sure you just dial one of them up and we can play Who Said That. you expect to be the coach here tomorrow? I don't know that. Do you think I know that what I've done here for three years, and I know what I put into this, and um, you know I know that we're capable of going. Uh, I know the type of coach that I am. I believe in myself. Um, but again, this isn't about me. This is about a, a group that's hurting in there. We got to get some rest, and we got to get ready for Buffalo. Hello, Brandon Staley. Yes, that is Brandon Staley. Yep. That's uh, him. Well, you play this one, uh, Ty. I just sent it to you. Um, I believe I did, but uh, if I did not, I'm going to send uh, it right now. But um, all right, well, Ties has got us all screwed up here. Uh, here we go. I just sent it to you uh, because this will be along those lines because last night we saw a team that just absolutely did not show up. I mean, let's say this again. The Oakland Raiders five days ago scored zero points in a football game. But zero. an entire 60-minute game scored zero against the Minnesota Vikings. Lost 3 nothing. It's crazy. Five days later or four days later, they scored 42 by halftime. Yep. And 63 for the game. Uh, and Brandon Staley really is going to stand up there and say – you know, I'm still – this team has completely unraveled. They're not playing for you. 
you, you mean you you have to really try to give up sixty three points in an NFL football game. Well, and he's a defensive coach, guys. That was the the forty two first half points by the Raiders were the most first half points scored by a team coming off a shutout in NFL history, going back to nineteen twenty seven was the previous record of 34 points scored by the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets after coming off of a 0-0 tie. That's how bad that Chargers defense is. And let's hear this piece of audio. Who said this, Rod? Brandon Staley. I hate hate to say this because you don't ever want to call for somebody's job, but they should fire him. They should make history. They should fire him at halftime. (laughs) They should just, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Who said that, Rod? I do not know who said that. But that's pretty good. It's, I was it's, Richard Sherman. It's that. harsh. It's harsh, but, hey, he might be right about that. Guys, that was the largest halftime deficit in Chargers history. The history of the franchise, he. I think it was the largest uh, halftime lead for the Raiders franchise. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like this, these franchises have been around a long time, man, and well, they've they, not been this inept. Well, I mean, you're the, it's a production-based job. I'll be surprised if he's not fired by, by lunchtime today. I was going to say, that should, it should come out tonight. I mean, and, if you're the owner, you can't. That's embarrassing on every level. I no. mean, it's, and it's indefensible. I mean, your job is your team was unprepared. They yeah. didn't have any energy. They didn't want to play. And that was on national television. You get fired for losing games, but you also get fired for losing your locker room. He's doing both. He lost a lot. He lost the game. He lost games, but he's also lose, lost that locker well, room too. You get fired for tarnishing the brand. I mean, I don't yeah. know what the Chargers brand is right now, but you know that's that. that I don't know that you come back from that. Uh, all right, what else? It's like remember when the bill when the bill you remember Rod when the Texans blew the lead to the to the Bills. You know I remember. And but, you know Jim Eddy just had to be fired. I mean, mm-hmm. it just you had to be fired. You can't you can't be our defense coordinator anymore. That just had to happen. It was so embarrassing. Even yeah. though Jim Eddy was a pretty good defensive coordinator. He was not yeah. – I mean, they were in the playoffs, and they weren't a bad defense. They just collapsed in that day. Well, we had that happen earlier this year. You brought up the example of the Tennessee Titans with their special teams coach. They had two consecutive block punts. And, and a missed extra ne- point. And the next day, special teams coach were going. He'd been there like seven, eight years, too. He was like, yeah. nah, you got to go, bro. You, we, we cannot be that bad. All right, in back-to-back plays. And for an entire half, you were that bad on defense? Got to go. And you're a defensive head coach? Yeah, man. Sorry, might have to make a move. Uh, all right, Ty, I sent you a couple of more. Maybe we can play one of those and we can play. Who said that? Who said it? We want to talk about one of those players, C.J. Stroud. We're going to show you some video of him playing for you and talk about what he is now that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL as a rookie. What was C.J. like yes. when he was playing for you? Man, CJ has always been a stand-up kind of kid. He's always been a leader. He's always been underrated. I'll say that. I love the fact that he's always been the underdog that turned into the wonder dog. You know what I'm saying? Because he puts in that work ethic. He's a strong believer in God. He's got great parents. And he's just a great listener. Anytime you got a kid who wants to listen and wants to learn, you can definitely get the best out of him. So CJ is one of the kids that come out of the league that we're so proud of. But there's numerous amounts of them. Keyshawn Nixon, Dobbs, Lenore. Ross, I can go on and on. It's a bunch of kids that came out of my league that y'all be calling their names out and don't even know that they came from my league. Mm. Snoop. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Snoop saying he went from being the underdog to the wonder dog. I love Snoop. <laughs> That's great. Snoop is fantastic, man. That's I mean, good. It's hard not to like uh, CJ. CJ Stroud. Snoop, Snoop got a list of do- a list of players, though, that played on his youth team, Ballers. though. Ballers. Yeah, man. He's hey, got a little pipeline uh, going. Let's do one more, Ty. Here we go. Give me that last piece of audio because it uh, pertains to something happening this weekend. Uh, that, you did not send me that one. Uh-oh. All right, Ty. All right. I, I promise. It's all right. 
right. I sent you another piece of audio. You can throw it out there. We'll do it. I will play that when we come back because it is part of a, a, a cool weekend of sports. It really is. It's a, it is a tremendous – and it starts today. Or actually started yesterday, but today you've got the uh, high school state championship games all day starting at 11 o'clock mm-hmm. from Jerry World. Got bowl games starting at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah. NFL with three games on Saturday and then a full slate Sunday. So, yeah, that's a good good TV weekend uh, without a doubt. We'll come back. We'll pick it up on the other side, our fabulous fifth hour, which makes it on a Friday. It's our 25th uh, hour of the week, Rod. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Last fifth hour was wild. Hopefully oh, we don't okay. get that wild. Robo. Bi- bionic pen- penises. Bionic penises and Franken-penis. And Lorraine Bobbitt. Yeah. Psycho Uber hijackers. It got crazy. It got crazy. Hook up with Ian Rod V.